Hey, welcome to Pull the Thread Podcast. I'm your host, Crystal Douglas. I'm a celebrity tailor, a wild mustang tamer, and an entrepreneur. I managed to take a Brother Project Runway Home sewing machine and built a six-figure sewing business that supports a life I love, and I hop behind the mic to show you that you can do the same thing too. I am documenting all of my experiences in building my own little honey empire, complete with mess ups and mistakes and experiments and celebrations so that you can shortcut to success faster. So you ready? Let's dive into the episode. If you've ever visited a foreign country that primarily speaks a different language than you do, you know that you'd look pretty silly if you didn't learn a few phrases of the local language to get around, don't you? The first time I used my passport, I went to three countries in one trip. While England and Scotland both spoke English, France obviously does not. (laughs) And they definitely will not speak English if you don't first try to speak French. With mine and my family's French skills being less than lackluster and our untraveled assumption that everybody would just speak English, let's just say we weren't received warmly. I was in the 8th grade and I didn't know any better. We didn't have apps back then translating our every word and even if we did, I don't think that it would have mattered seeing as the night we flew to Europe was the night the U.S. went to war on Iraq. So one could say it was a slightly politically charged time for us to be taking a sweet little Girl Scout trip. Now, whether you've spent time in countries where you don't speak the language or not, you can probably understand the feeling that I had as a 14-year-old standing on a street corner desperately asking for directions to a public bathroom only to be met with sharp glances and vacant stares. Let me repackage it a bit for you. If you're a designer, these next questions are for you. Have you felt pushed aside or ignored by a manufacturer? How about have your instructions for how to make something been met with glazed over vacant eyes or expressions coming from the people or the team that you've tried to train to make them for you? Or have you hired help in making your designs but received something that was nothing like what you instructed or described? Or this one, have you tried to move your fashion sketches forward and gotten a one-line email response asking you to attach a tech pack and then responded that you don't have one and boom, like Shangri-La, the manufacturer has disappeared without even a cloud of smoke. Friend, this all comes down to the tech pack. Every manufacturer in the world requires a tech pack to reverse engineer your design into actionable steps for their entire team. It is a fail start without one, and those manufacturers will go radio silent on you until you show up, tech pack in hand. It's expected of you as the designer, and we even carry that into the space as as bosses when we're training a team to help us out with our designs, because until you've done that, you won't be taken seriously, and no one can assign a team or get your product on the sampling or the manufacturing line without it. But let's say you don't want to manufacture it elsewhere. Let's say you just want to hire help. And here you are pressing play on this episode and wondering why we're talking about PDFs. Before I dive into the importance of having a tech pack, whether you are growing a personal small team or you are about to outsource to a manufacturer, 
and explain to you why designers make more money by having one, or rather it keeps them from losing money, I want to start with a quick run through of what a tech pack even is. So like if you're like, okay, Crystal, you have used the word again and again, but I've never needed one before. So why should I even listen to this? I am fine with the system that I have in place. You're probably also looking around at your messy table full of patterns and half-finished cuts and crazy desktops with various pattern PDFs and bags full of samples and all of that craziness surrounding you, and you're probably feeling a little bit foolish right now because you are lying to yourself and you know that I'm right because I'm just like you. So I want to instead show you how having a tech pack will help you cut through the noise and bring your designs clarity and create an action plan for hired help and guarantee consistency in the end result, and best of all, Prepare your brand for growth. The fastest, easiest way to do this is to have a tech pack for every design you plan to produce. Now, as owners or designers, we tend to keep everything in our heads, but the moment that we get sick or need help or want to grow and delegate or outsource the work, it doesn't work. Chaos ensues. So before I get too far into this and why it's important to make or, or have this thing made before hiring help, I want to start out with what a tech pack is. I want to explain to you start to finish what's inside. What's the secret? Why is it that they cost so much? What's happening in there? Let's go. A tech pack is a digital document and it communicates everything that anyone would need to know about making your garment or your accessory. It's not an order. It's not a brand guide. It looks nothing like the home sewing instructions that you would see in a download or a store-bought pattern. Now, it always has multiple pages, always, always, always. And whether it's a PDF version or an Excel document, it's going to include, but not limited to, the following. First thing, a technical sketch or a flat lay sketch. You'll hear it called either one. It's it's the seamstress's way of quickly, quickly referencing a, uh, the cut and the fit of a garment and then the finishing instructions for um, technical sewing. The next thing that it's going to have is garment callouts or a spec sheet. So every single measurement on that garment is going to be listed in there. It's going to have a cutter's must. This is the document that a cutter would read before ever touching the fabric. This lets them know how many of each pattern piece to cut of what and whether it's shell fabric or liner or trim or stabilizers and fusings or elastics or cordings. Fourth thing, it's going to have a bill of materials, also known as the BOM. This is the grid that includes every fabric or notion or trim used in making your garment. And the BOM clearly lists where you source each supply from and what it's for, how much you need of each of those things to make one garment. This way, when you or someone else needs supplies, you know exactly how much to order given the number and the size of the batch that you plan to make. Now, in the bill of materials, it's also going to specify out color ways. Um, so it'll say, you know, let's say the shell is in white and then the contrast is in black, but then you're going to offer another colorway that's the in invert of that. Um, so all of that has to be listed out in the BOM so that the person ordering supplies make sure that they order enough of each thing. The next thing that you'll find in a tech pack is an order of operations. The issue with many tech packs we receive uh, is that they're not made by seamstresses. Um, now, that sounds rude, but hear me out. If you don't know how to make the garment, so you send basic callouts that you found on the internet over in your tech pack for, um, for your pattern maker to use for your pattern, and then that pattern 
maker sends the pattern in the pack to your seamstress who begins making the sample. And then the seamstress reaches the sewing specs page and cobbles together the stitch requests that you entered into your sewing specs page, um, causing the finished garment to land like an inch and a half off in the, cr- the crotch width. Like none of you guys are going to be happy. And there, there's so many details that are going into it where that order of operations page has to be created by a seamstress because they know the order that the garment has to come together. And oftentimes people who don't know how to sew are putting together these orders of operations and it's, it's chaos. (laughs) It's pure chaos, but I digress. (laughs) So the difference between a technical sketch and a photo and why it's important, even if you're just training somebody to take over a specific step. A seamstress can't tell the hem width from a photo, and we shouldn't have to guess. Seams, hems, finishings, that can they can all be easily communicated within a flat lay sketch, as well as details that often get overlooked in simple photos due to varying fabric prints and colors. All of that stuff gets in the way, and it just reads as a blob in a photo, whereas a technical sketch removes the, the clutter and the mess of detail and leaves just the seams and the way that everything is coming together. Now, the difference between listing out what is used in the garment and filling out a proper BOM for cutters and wholesale sourcing assistants and seamstresses, no one knows which material you used on the binding of the zipper on the inside of a garment without looking, and this isn't how it should be. Every step of your tech pack communicates clarity and efficiency and ensures mistakes are few and far between. A new assistant can step in and help you reorder supplies if your bill of materials is clear and concise. A new cutter can cross-check your bill of materials against their cutter's must should something seem a little off to them. Like, say, they didn't get enough material in, and they're thinking, oh, wait, maybe something's not right. Maybe there's a contrast fabric in some of these body pieces. You wouldn't have to leave that up to chance or to wait for a conversation because you could just easily reference those two pages within the tech pack. Oftentimes, designers also make a change in one area but not another or the pattern doesn't exist for a stabilizer or interfacings because the cutter is meant to use the same pattern piece as the shell or the liner. A seamstress can know exactly how long finishings like buttonholes would be simply by looking at the bill of materials and spotting the button size. Oftentimes, patterns leave these marks off due to supply chain changes or designers not quite finalizing certain pieces before they scale, and all of these little items become a bottleneck. A seamstress can also know if a designer has a thread preference or stitch length and width expectations. Now, the difference between home sewing instructions and a tech pack order of operations is usually the the level that the seamstress is completing the work in a manufacturing operation they don't really need you to describe putting things face like right sides together um, whereas a home sewing instruction will and a home sewing machine is also going to be set up differently than industrial so they're going to tell you to to switch out feet left and right and um, all of that. So there's a lot of differences between home sewing instructions and orders of operations because orders of operations are going to assemble the garment by the means that are that are best for batch sewing, not for individual sewing. So that's you know that's the difference mainly. Now the difference between a simple pattern 
having a pattern and then having a full cutter's must with that pattern is usually a lot of time being saved on the cutter's floor. See, when you're just handing pattern pieces off to somebody else to cut things out, it takes them a lot longer to make sense of what you've given them than it does for you, especially if you patterned the original. Whereas if you give them the pattern and then you give them a cutter's must telling them exactly what's being cut out of what and then how many they'll need of it and if it's mirrored and how many total pieces they should have when they're finished, then they can kind of start to plan their cuts in advance and most likely save you some fabric because they're able to to fit the pieces together a little bit more economically than they would if they uh, didn't really know how many of each thing that they were going to cut out or they were kind of having to sort it out and kind of cobble it together as they go. A quality checker, this could be you, could easily reference every garment's measurement callouts in every single size by using the spec sheet and know immediately whether or not the garment landed within the tolerance or not. They could also skim the tech pack for any missing finishings like bar tacks or draw cords or top stitching. The bottom line is once you've spent the time in building a universally understood tech pack in the format that the industry uses, then nothing's holding you back. You have what you need to train and you have all of your expectations listed out and you have a supplies order sheet and you have a way to check that the finished product is in fact what you ordered. This is your success hack. Building a tech pack will give you peace in growing because you aren't skipping steps in your designs. You're documenting the entire process of cutting, sewing, and finishing every single design, and you are not losing precious time explaining and training in a format that just doesn't scale. You cannot duplicate yourself. Okay, so every moment that you spend repeating yourself or over explaining or realizing that your new hire has gotten fresh into the process or four to six hours into the process and you realize that you didn't pass along a critical piece of information in in the construction phase. And then now you're having to backtrack and either tear apart product and put it back together or tell them what they need to do to get it right. It's not efficient and it doesn't scale. This is the number one thing that designers should do before hiring help because you will save so much time and money and frustration because now all you're doing is making sure that your instructions are landing and they're making sense um, and that the way that you describe things in your tech pack is a universally understood manner. And once you've got that, then all you're having to do is hire people that can follow instructions and have the ability to do so using their skills. Another thought that I have about this is that when we hire help, we tend to hire the things that we are good at because we want we want to like oversee what other people are doing and we're like, oh, well, I know how to judge and critique that work because I'm the expert at it. When in reality, we should be analyzing the things that take us the longest in our day-to-day -day roles and then outsourcing those things, like delegating out those things using our tech pack. So let's say you're a really slow cutter, then that's actually the job that you need to hire for. Or let's say you can never manage to order supplies and you always keep dropping the ball on reordering. 
you could literally hire somebody to spend one hour every two weeks and take care of it for you. Like as soon as inventory gets low on that one particular product, that person places the order for you and then kind of like finds their own repeat schedule within that and knows like, oh, once every month we need to reorder this one object unless it's like a holiday shopping season. So I would really encourage you to look at hiring for your weaknesses and not your strengths because there are things that you've already mastered and if you're really efficient and really good at doing those things, that doesn't mean that you're supposed to do away with doing it and move on to the next thing and mastering the next skill. No, it means delegate out the things that you suck at (laughs) to free you up to do the things that you are the master at. But in order to do that, that tech pack has to be rock solid. So if you're trying to hire a seamstress to take over the sewing elements of your designs, then your order of operations has to be created by a seamstress, whether that's you or somebody else, to make sure that those the order of the construction is correct. And that, especially if you're paying out hourly, that it's the most efficiently packaged good in terms of construction and finishings and, and uh, trimmings and all of that. And so if you were, let's say... A great stitcher, but you are not as efficient as patterns and you know that you can articulate your call outs on your garment specifications page, then why not just outsource that to a professional pattern maker and have it taken care of? And now in that case, the most important page for you to fill out is that spec sheet because they need to know exactly what every measurement of that garment or the intended measurement is to be so that all they need to do is go along and plot all their points on paper and sketch out your individual pattern pieces. Without that data, you're going to go around and around and around in circles, and you're going to end up remaking samples over and over again just to get those measurements correct because you didn't stop to fill out the garment specifications page. Um, Another thought that I had about this was like, if you are, let's say you're a medium um, and you've never graded the pattern, outsource grading the pattern and all you have to do is specify your grade rules. So some pattern makers have their grade rules built in or they can do like American standard sizing for grades um, or like petite or plus size or like pet, like it could be anything, right? Um, As the designer, you get to choose what the grade rules are. So you can be what I call LA grade rules. So it's like barely any difference in between the sizes. (laughs) Um, Or you could be um, size inclusive and you could have five to seven different sizes being offered. All you've got to do is specify what the tolerance is, like how far off of the measurement this thing can be while still being this size garment. Um, And then specify what your grade rules are. Like, okay, my normal 6X has a waistband size of this amount and a chest size of this amount. Um, And so by filling all of that data in, you can get hyper, hyper focused and you won't sacrifice any of the quality coming from your brand or any of the promises that you're standing by while also getting the job done in a manner that's even higher quality than you would be able to provide yourself because you've now organized all of your data so that you can batch everything. By having a time-tested and approved order of operations, all you've got to do is hand over those instructions to your new hire and say, hey, make this garment for me and see their ability to follow instructions and work in a new setting um, versus explaining to them how you do it and why you do it and um, 
you'll you'll find yourself over explaining simple things that you really didn't need to even say in the first place. And then you'll find yourself leaving out versions of your own instructions as you go because it just wasn't on your mind. And and you personally, when you make the garment, you go into autopilot and you don't think about it. But when it comes to other people making your garment, you may need to specify that you install the eyelets before you close up the hood. They may not know. They may not think about it. So you want to get really, really specific. And the best way to do that is by as, as you make a garment, write out your order of operations as you go and then go back over it in the end to make sure that you didn't miss any steps. This one simple move might take up an afternoon of your time, but in the long run, you will be so much more profitable because you won't be losing money to running lots and lots of samples or training people over and over and over again or running out of supplies or losing your resources list of where you even go to get those supplies. It's it's sort of like um, it's sort of like when you create an email template as a response um, to the most common emails that you receive right? So I do this in my business. I get a lot of the same questions. And so um, I take the time to write an email template that perfects everything that I like love to send in that one email. So I spend a lot of time on it and I perfect it and I take everything that I've always loved um, that I've sent across the board in different emails and I've combined it into one and then I've polished it up and then I make that into the template. And that way that innocent person emailing me, um, isn't really like the victim of like a, uh, half attentive, um, response. They're getting my full attention because I spent the time in crafting the perfect response. Well, a tech pack is the designer's version of an email template. Like, Everything is in one place and hey, guess what? Like if your manufacturer or your stitcher, your assistant gets hit by a bus and goes through something or gets sick or quits or you have to let them go, everything is in the same place. Everything is already put together and you can send that tech pack anywhere in the world and any manufacturer can pick up on it, whether you're trying to have five garments manufactured or 5,000 garments made. So the tech pack is your friend, no matter what level of the game you're playing at. So yeah, I'm, I honestly, like, I don't know why people still put off even making them. Um, it's as if they don't understand just how valuable it is and how much money it can save them. Um, but if you don't have one, I want to challenge you to build your first tech pack this week. Now, I have seen just about every iteration of a tech pack that there is. And as a creative-minded person over the years, um, I have come to rely on data being presented in a way that people reading these things, i.e. seamstresses, need to see it. Like my brick-and-mortar cut-and-sew business started building our own tech packs about a year ago in-house. And I began to see the need for a template because... Dang, (laughs) what people were sending me, and I'm talking like from all levels, like brand newbies, like let's say you have yet to launch your first clothing line and you're listening to this podcast, understand that like major brands and companies have sent tech packs just as bad as yours. (laughs) So there's zero bravado to this entire conversation. Um, I have seen literally everything um, and 
after just getting so disenfranchised and so tired of incomplete or just terrible or weak tech packs like that were like empty with really no data in them at all, um, we began to see the need for a template. And so um, I personally took everything that I loved from every tech pack I've ever enjoyed using. Um, and then I've sort of like problem solved it by way of like seamstresses and problem solved it for cutters. Um, and then also for executive assistants who have no idea what they're looking at, but tend to be ordering supplies for designers um, and uh, incubators and fashion houses. And so that way, anybody, whether it's an intern or a seamstress or a cutter or a pattern maker or a grader or a quality checker can pick up the same document and they're all speaking the same language. <laughs> so um, we, we charge anywhere between like 200 and 500 US dollars um, for our time to build tech packs and designer and move designers um, through our incubator. But if you already know how to build a tech pack and what to fill out, then all you need is the template. Um, if you want mine, like listen, <laughs> you don't need mine. There's so many out there. Just like get one from somebody reliable because there are so many that freaking suck and I'm really tired. So <laughs> um, uh, if you want mine, you're in luck. Uh, it is already in the shop on my website. Um, it's on crystaldouglas.com forward slash shop. Um, but just because you are listening to the podcast, this will not be announced anywhere else, but just because you are listening to the podcast, if you want my template, you get to score it for 50% off by using the promo code, pull the thread, one word, pull the thread. There are numerous tech pack templates all over the internet. Some are great, many are very laughable, and you don't have to buy mine. But if you want to know for sure that your pack has everything in it needed to have your garments produced, no matter what country, no matter like by who, whether it's like the intern that you got from the design school down the street or like a mass manufacturer, mine is the one. I can guarantee you that. Keep in mind, I don't include grade rules because your grade rules would range so widely between like children's wear, petite, men's, women's pets, whatever. Um, but I do give you room within all of your garment call outs for it. And I provide space for a wide range of sizes. So, um, if that interests you, I got your back. I got you. All you need to do is, um, download that template. It's like a direct download. So you don't even have to wait or anything like that. Um, and I hope that helps. Uh, and that way it's not like you're kind of like stuck hiring another person to build your tech pack if you're a little bit shady on it. Um, or maybe you're doing every other step yourself um, and you just need somebody to follow your order of operations. But who knows? You also want to have this thing filled out because what happens if you crush it and you end up selling 20 to 50 of a garment and you're like, oh my goodness, I need to outsource like literally all of this so that I can start working on my next collection. If you have the tech pack in place, all you got to do is mail the patterns and the supplies and email that tech pack over and call it a day. You're done. And you know that the garment coming out on the other end is exactly like what you sent in from the start. So I really hope this episode helps you and serves you. Um, it will absolutely make you more profitable if you build a tech pack first before you jump into designing and launching a line or hiring help because you will not hire for things that you truly don't even need help for. Um, you'll hire for your weaknesses and overall it'll build a stronger, better, more resilient and skillful team um, than you currently have. Doing this one thing before ever hiring help is going to prevent you from repeating yourself. It's going to keep you from 
wasting time fixing mistakes and trying to communicate with whoever is making your good or your product in a way that makes sense and gets you your desired outcome. And it sets clear expectations for the quality of your garments that you wish to create. And it maps out exact order of steps needed to make things from start to finish, from ordering supplies to packaging it up and sending it out the door to a customer the exact way that you would do it. Creating a repeatable standard for your product as it's created is the only way to guarantee scale and success over time. And I will also say that doing this one thing will provide a catastrophe-proof guide should you have to step away unexpectedly. And, you know, we never think that anything's going to happen when it comes to creating our products. Nothing's going to stand in our way. We're the boss. We can travel with our business, but you just never know. Um, So this is the next step. If you're trying to grow a business based on your own designs, based on your own brand, um, where you are creating a garment or you're creating a handmade product, the tech pack is what you have to do. That's the next step. You can't get around it um, and stay in the fashion design community. It doesn't work. And so it's the same if you are making things on your bedroom floor and you're trying to up level or you're making things in your one sewing room and you need to delegate out and you need to hire help. So doing this first, it will blow your mind just how much clearer all of the next steps are for you when you've got this thing completely filled out. So there you have it. That's episode nine. If you want my tech pack, you go for it. Um, It's crazy cheap compared to what we charge for our time and filling one out. Um, And just for listening to this podcast, you get a crazy huge coupon code. (laughs) So yeah, use the code pull the thread and that code will not be anywhere else. So thanks for listening. See you next time. You've just finished an episode of Pull the Thread. It means the world to me that you landed here and hit play. If you got something out of this podcast, please hit that subscribe button. And if you're feeling mega generous, leave a review. 